everybody. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. I'm Douglas. And I'm Vicky. That's the, that's the way it usually goes. That's yeah, usually. <laughs> that's why I paused. You looked at me as if you were waiting for me to say something, but you always go first. All right, and you guys are here. You're listening to it. So on the show, we go through... Uh, at three vinyl at random out of an inherited collection and we listen to them and either like them or complain about them <laughs> and in my case I like to swear about them oh yeah by the way if you uh, if you're listening to this on spotify and i'm not sure where else it shows up but it shows up as an explicit uh podcast so explicit, yeah. it's a it's a fucking explicit podcast guys i'd like to swear it's my thing i don't drink so i gotta swear it's a swearing, that, swearing is my drinking. They say swearing is a sign of higher intelligence. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bruh. Anyways, what do you got today, baby? What do I got for you what today? What do you got? Uh, the very first album is The Beatles, Twist and Shout. It's been kind of a Beatles. It would uh, be a lot of Beatles. Groove lately. Yeah, yeah. The second one is Stevie Ray Vaughan, Couldn't Stand the Weather. Oh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. And Double Trouble, yes. yeah. Uh, couldn't Stand the Weather. The mm-hmm. third album is a little punk number by the Rubber City Rebels. Self-titled album, Rubber City Rebels. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, the self-titles. I like those. So, since we talked about the Beatles last episode... Like last I'm not, ten episodes. Well, we've talked about them a lot, but I'm not going to go into as much depth as That's I fine. normally do with the bands. We, yeah, we know the Beatles. After we've done them like half a dozen times, it's it becomes redundant. We all know the Beatles with Steve and Mike, Frank... And George on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles were an English rock band formed in Liverpool in 1960. As you know, they're regarded as the most influential band of all time and integral to the development of the 60s counterculture and popular music recognition so much. as an art form. Yeah, so much. <laughs> Twist and Shout was their second album released in Canada in 1964. It consists of songs mostly taken from Please Please Me their first album released in the UK. It contains both original Beatles songs as well as covers. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, it went three times platinum, which is 300,000, which it may have sold more than that oh, by yeah. this time, no, I don't know. No doubt. Well, but there's so many variations of it, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And one of the things that we found really interesting was, and we saw this in the last episode, mm-hmm. was that the Beatles seemed to have this territorial... Um, map of where they let things be released so you know they have a, a specific release list for for Canada a specific release for North America and one for the UK so everything is and everything is different yeah, so yeah exactly <laughs> it kind of spices things up a little bit it makes it interesting no question okay um, producer George Martin again I'm not going to talk a lot about yeah. him because you know, he's known as the Fifth Beatle. He the did all Beatle. their albums. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> We've done it so many times, let's just start making up shit. <laughs> Fake news! Yeah. <laughs> you can't not prove it. Oh, okay. The track listing on this album is, um... A song called Anna, which I I always thought was called Go To Him. Was well, in brackets. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in brackets after Anna. Uh, second song is Chains. Then Boys... Ask me why, please please me, love me do, from me to you. Mm-hmm. Side two is P.S. I love you, baby it's you, do you want to know a secret, a taste of honey, there's a place, twist and shout, and she loves you. 
playtime on this album is 32 minutes and 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Might the songs short. that Lennon McCartney wrote, Ask Me Why, Please Please Me, Love Me Do, From Me To You, P.S. I Love You, uh, Do You Want to Know Secret, which when this album came out, that was one of my favorite songs. Um, I was just a, like knee-high to a grasshopper at that point. Yeah. Uh, and There's a Place and She Loves You. So those are all the Lennon-McCartney contributions. And interesting, Baby It's You was written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, who have written yeah. tons lots and of, tons and tons lots and lots. of very successful hits over the years. Yeah, for lots of people. For lots of people, for Our sure. artists, yeah. Uh, context. Uh, the, this is the the Canadian chronology only. Yeah. Uh, the before album for this was in 1963 called Beatlemania with the Beatles, and the after album for this uh, was in 1964, The Beatles' Long Tall Sally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm gonna dip into it. I, I have to start off by saying, I mean, it's a good album, but I don't give a crap. Or shit, as I would say normally, <laughs> about <laughs> about the early Beatles. I appreciate everything about them. The sound, they're so good. The, the, the changes and everything they've done to music. But I don't care about the early stuff, man. Uh, just their progression. Their progression, yes. yeah. When we start getting into, like... We've covered lots of this stuff where I start like... I think uh, Rubber Soul, I think, is where they kind of shifted. And yeah. then, and I, from then on, that's where I'm more interested. This, this poppy... Bubblegum shit. It gets annoying. It's uh, interesting. But I kind of feel the same way as you because I like I was really, really young. Mm-hmm. And um, my family and I were on a trip to Florida. And uh, I, Do You Want to Know a Secret was playing on the radio. Get some soundtrack So we, we, I listened to this song so much, and it reminds me of that trip. That trip, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm like totally flabbergasted that I remember that. Music it has a powerful connection to memory. It sure does, yeah. and we like music has always been important to me, so it doesn't surprise me. But I'm like you. Um, this these past few albums have been a really nice walk down memory lane, mm-hmm. listening to them. But I really, I wouldn't go out of my way to find them. Or to listen to them again? Well, in particular, like this one, for sure, yeah. So, it's, I'm with you. I like, you know. Oh, like getting into the Once more they start transitioning. Kind of druggy Beatles. Breaking and, off and yeah. doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah, and, totally, yeah. You know, that's when I, I'm still kind of Yeah, this is just like, it goes, engaged. this goes into that, like, and I've complained about this before, because it was a big thing that, that happened with a lot of artists, that it's just 50s, they just took a 50s American rock sound, and it's just, I, I fucking, I don't like it but when I say that I don't hate it or nothing I can appreciate it I knew quite a few of the songs but it's just yeah yeah they're all the samey well and you can't help but appreciate it knowing where it's worth where yeah. it led and, and the influence that yeah, it had exactly yeah on today's music or you know and even music back then and even counterculture yes for sure oh totally you know I can remember I oh, had... it was important without these guys doing this stuff and doing what they did that a lot of other music that we listen to just probably wouldn't exist yeah or exist differently. It would be different. It would like it's. It would be so interesting to see. Oh, what did it was what the movie? world would be like there was had a movie not about all that. of these crazy 
You're right. Yeah, it's called Yesterday. It's called Yesterday. <laughs> I loved that movie. Yeah. Although there were some plot holes. I was willing to look, over, to look it overlook those and f- fall in love with that movie. Yeah, it's really good. But I remember as a wee thing, I had these little pins. They were these little round hmm. wooden ceramic balls. Yeah. And they had this crazy floppy hair on it. And they were the Beatles, like each one of the Beatles. That's hilarious. So, um, you know, as me, I could probably barely walk at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was engulfed in Beatlemania. Yeah. <laughs> you, had, you did have your little wig, Beatles wig and Beatles boots. No, I didn't go that far, but yeah. I did. I do remember seeing them on uh, the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, yeah, I think everybody alive at that time did. Yeah. One way, whether they wanted to or not. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was, what we were doing. We were all like this. In yeah. Front of the television. <laughs> Getting their dose of radiation. Yeah. The Radiation King. Uh, the only, uh, not the only, uh, one good thing I will say about the album is short. You said it was 32. 32, yeah. yeah. 32 Move on real Which, quick. considering the number of songs, is, I thought it was going to be longer than that. But no, when you see lots of like, they're all like short. two minutes, one minute, short two minutes. Short little ditties. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess it's on to me, hey? Yeah. Twist and Shout, The Beatles. Nobody's ever heard of. Uh, Capitol Records, ST-6054, Canada, 1980. And um, this is is a copy from 1980. What's weird is that it's listed as a compilation, but it's not a compilation. This is an actual fucking release, so I'm not sure why it said that. It is a reissue. Uh, Now there's some interesting stuff about this. So it is a reissue. And it's actually considered, out of all the, the issues that have been done over the years, and even over the original release, this is considered the definitive version of all the versions that came before. And there are a lot. This is considered the one that is complete and done with all the proper artwork and the songs and the, yeah, the stereo mix. Yeah, you any information about the cover. Nothing about the cover, and I kind of I think I I know why, but I'm going to finish up talking about the the vinyl here first. I just want to mention too that it has a third gen purple logo on the vinyl, and it's it's okay. It's a stereo pressing, but side A is in mono, and side B is in stereo. <laughs> it's just it's a weird thing that got done. I'm not sure why, but it doesn't matter because both both sides sound great. I'm not going to complain about this album for no, the no, sound. No. Sounded fantastic. Um, stereo, mono, didn't matter. And now we just compare everything to ACDC and how shitty it sounded. It was like a bunch of angry bees in a cardboard box. That's why I'm laughing, because I thought of that conversation. It was still better than ACDC. It's still better, yeah. That's, it's amazing that you could do that to that album. and just Anyways, so... <laughs> you could do that to all their albums. Oh, it's a, uh, why would you do that? Like, why would you give it... Okay, we're not reviewing that anymore. <laughs> we're reviewing this one. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so the very first release of the of this the ver- first version of this album came out as mono only, because the record company at the time felt or knew that stereo turntables weren't really a thing in Canada yet. So that's why the original version was mono because it didn't make sense to go through the effort of the stereo pressing if no one's going to benefit from it. Oh, so they didn't think the, the record player or the stereo was going to be successful? No, because nobody had the capability of listening to it. And it had to, in order to do a stereo pressing at that time, it was probably either more complicated or more expensive to do yeah. the pressing. So yeah. why bother? But in, in the end, I mean, eventually they did it on this issue, obviously. Well, half of it's in stereo anyway. <laughs> so, 
So it's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, these, like you said, all these little weird pressings and versions they make for just for Canada or the UK. Or... Yeah, it's like they're the only band that we've run across. Although, no, not the how only. many bands are we like to, of their caliber are reviewing from nineteen of theirs? Oh, very few. Yeah. So, but I, I can I, I can think of. I was talking about this with my dad. The Monks is is one that's weird for Canada only oh, because yeah, they, yeah. remember they released an album just for Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> because they were so, so popular so here. Popular. Yeah. We do. We we have some uh, weird taste here. Yeah, and it's funny to see the differences in uh, record sales sometimes too. You know. Well, it, it, you have to go back and look at them and figure it out per capita at that time or per population what that actually breaks down to. Because I wonder if they just sometimes just sold better per yeah per capita than. Well, and I, like we would be so much less populated back then. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, you just broke my brain. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole I might have to go down there. yeah exactly uh, so and like you uh, you had mentioned there is no cover info and I think it's just gonna be whatever Lackey was at Capitol Records at that time and nowhere could I find it I, I looked everywhere for this information well it's, I... it's a very generic uh, and even in the back it's just got a write up about who they it literally has their stats like a, they're going to get a fucking swipe left or something I wish I would have paid more attention to their uh, movie mm-hmm. dates because it to me it looks like a still from one of their movies. Yeah. So yeah, that anyway, could be where it came from. Yeah, and so to me it's super generic, and uh, I can't find any information. So whoever the lackey was at Capitol Records on February of go get us a stock sixty four. Yeah. Well, it's probably just whatever. Because we and we know from other for other uh, album covers like Rubber Soul is a great example. We. You know, by that time, the, the guys are taking over their, their creative. They've gotten away from this Capitol Records thing, and they're just doing their own, and it's way better. Like, this could you, is like, could you imagine junk. their lives? The difference from, like, one day to the next, pretty much, with their fame, because they broke, like, a yeah. fire. And, um... Well, just when they finally got out from the contract there initially, and then started doing, taking control of their own, like you said, their own shit, their own artwork, and their own actual music direction and yeah. recording process. Well, and once they had a, a little bit of time under their belts, mm-hmm. being famous, and, yeah. um, you know, then, yeah, basically getting their shit together and yeah, and taking over for themselves. Uh, so that would have been so overwhelming. And that's it for me. Okay, so Discogs, nine mm-hmm. for sale from $25. 344 people on the platform have it. 32 want it. Um, it's been rated 4.24 out of 5 by 46 people. <laughs> um, Not by me. Yeah. Uh, the resale value. Mm-hmm. $15, $28.87, and $49.79. And yeah, and this is in really, really good condition. That's weird. That's the only thing I didn't cover. Okay, yeah. It's just, um, since I didn't cover the condition of it, so the cover, it's all, it, it's got a little bit of fade condom ring, but yeah, it's in good condition. Yeah. Uh, the vinyl's in like, like new condition. Um, and it sounds great. Yeah, so I really, there's nothing, the only thing I'll say about this, the plastic sleeve is disintegrating. And it's just like, I noticed when I was vacuuming that there's chunks of it all over the floor. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's, everything is, is perfect with this thing, so... Uh, what are you giving it? I give it a three out of five. I gave it a two point five. I will not be revisiting this album. It's a little bit more nostalgic for me. Yes, exactly. Okay, Beatles down. Boom. Down, okay. gone. Oh, SRV next. 
Okay, next album, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, yep. Can't Stand the Weather. Mm -hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan was an American singer, songwriter, and record producer, best known as the guitarist and frontman of the blues rock band Double Trouble. His main stream career spanned only seven years, mm -hmm. but he's considered to be one of the most iconic and influential musicians in the history of blues uh, blues music, uh, which, given the amount of uh, black musicians that are out there that did blues, there's so many crazy famous ones of them who, you know, forged the way for everybody else. So saying that statement is a lot. Uh, one of the greatest guitarists of all time as well. Uh, Vaughn formed Double Trouble in 1978 in Austin, Texas. They... Um, and then they hit the Austin music scene. Yeah. They played the Montreux Jazz Festival in 1982. David Bowie happened to see them there, and he asked Stevie Ray if he would do and come come and play on his uh, his album, Let's Dance. <clears throat> Does it say, he did, no, sorry, I had to break in here, and I don't know if you're going to answer it. Does he play on the whole album or just a song? I don't know, okay. but this was 1983, so we'll have to go check Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So 83 is when Let's Dance was or was released. Mm -hmm. um, he was then discovered by Epic Records as a result of playing with Bowie. And they signed them to a deal. And within months oh, of, yeah. of the release of their first album, they, um, they acclaimed mainstream success. Yeah, and I hope that the first album is actually in the collection. If not, we'll just go listen, go, to, listen to it. Go listen to it, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Uh, so then on August 27, 1990, Vaughn and four others were killed in a helicopter crash in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. He was 35 years old. Hmm. Um, they just played a concert and they were taking the helicopter to the airport. Uh, after his death, his music continued to achieve commercial success with several posthumous releases. He sold over 15 million albums in the U.S. alone. And in 2003, Rolling Stone magazine named him... Uh, or put him on the list of the greatest guitarists of all time. Mm -hmm. He was number seven. Yeah, he definitely belongs there. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015, along with his band Double Trouble. Uh, Couldn't Stand the Weather was the second studio album, released in 1984. The album went to number 31 on the Billboard 200, and it sold a million copies within five weeks of its release. Like So this is back in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the 80s, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, the producers. The band, uh, every single one of the band members had a role in producing. Oh, okay. A guy named Richard Mullen, who uh, has 32 producing credits to his name, Stevie Ray mostly, a band called Omar and the Howlers, and a guy named Eric Johnson. <laughs> and a, a dude named Jim Kapfer, who has nine credits to his name, all Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. Uh, the track listing, side one, Scuttle Button. Couldn't Stand the Weather, The Things That I Used to Do, yeah. Voodoo Child. Side 2, Cold Shot, Tin Pan Alley, Honey Bee, and Stang's Swang. Stang. <laughs> Stang's Swang. Now, it's funny because he wrote, Stevie Ray Vaughan and the band, I guess, wrote the first two songs on the first side and the last two songs on the last side. Hmm. The rest are covers. are covers or written by someone else. For context... Um, the album before this was his very first album first called one. Texas Flood, yeah. released in 1983, 
and after uh, Soul to Soul in 1985. And that must have been just like pre-recorded stuff they had thrown together or studio outtakes or because he would have been dead by that point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see, uh, seek out some more. So uh, with that being said, what did, what did you think of it? I loved this album. Yeah, it was, it was a big surprise. Yes. When you first pulled the albums, I was kind of like, oh, not again. Yeah, more more blues rock. Flash, yeah, flashback to crappy blues albums. Oh, my God. There's so many of them in this collection. That, that will remain nameless. And, uh, yeah, I, I, with you, it was just like a breath of fresh air in this genre. Because I, I, I'm with you. I was... I kind of knew some of his songs, but I was also like you was apprehensive about listening to the album. Yeah. And then we put it on. I was like, second song was like, oh, fuck. Okay, thank you. Oh, oh, this is so good. (laughs) Yeah. By the time we got to the end of the first song, I had that warm, fuzzy feeling that I get when I I hear music that I like. Yeah, that's resonating with you. Yeah. It just, yeah, it grabs my chest. And um, yeah, I was like, Stevie Ray Vaughan, where have you been all my (laughs) life? I know, this is just like in the second album too, and I, I agree with you. Um, it's just it's a genre that we've just had to slog through so much crap. And then finally have something that right away comes on, and it's just like, oh, yes, thank you. This and is what it's yes. supposed to sound like. And, and just like everything about it too. Like I'll talk about it again later, but like the audio mix on it, that, because the vinyl itself is in such good condition, it was mastered really well, and it just, it, the sound field was full, and you the guitar was a star, but not like the guitar in ACDC, no. where it was just all screechy and top. This this sounded like he was playing a the guitar. They were like playing here. You could hear the the nuances and dynamics. It was yeah, it was so soft and full. You could almost hear the his fingers squeaking getting, yes, on, on the, the strings. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And that song, Tim Pan Alley. I yeah. could listen to that song on repeat. Oh yeah. Over and over, like for days on end. There's just so much intricacy, intricacy yeah, that's... in the guitar playing and... Well, and it's funny because I know that some of the people could play... Because one thing we complain about, and I definitely do it, is covers. And this album suffers from that a little bit. But in, in this case, the, the covers, because Tin Pan Alley was a cover, or at least written by somebody else, and a Voodoo Child, which is like, people complained... I actually read, actually read some reviews that people complained that it sounded too much like Jimi Hendrix version and to me that's like it's fucking strong point it sounds like yeah see the thing with when people say that like Hendrix has a certain way of playing when he plays a song he's not uh, when I've heard so many other versions they're trying to keep up and Steve Ray Vaughan when he plays it he sounds it sounds like Hendrix his fingers are that fast it's it's, it's forceful it's effortless it's a a great way of putting it it just it flows where in a lot of other times uh, from other musicians you don't hear that and his like the finger work's amazing, like just so fucking fast. And I had something I never realized because you hear on the radio, you hear the, the the hits, couldn't stand the weather, or you hear cold shot, but neither one of those really show off just how how fast it is. And and actually, just surprisingly, how heavy they play Voodoo Child is pretty crazy. It's like yeah. it's it's pretty heavy. So no, it was really a surprising album. I'm with you. It was just one of those nice surprises, and it sounded amazing, and I can't wait to hear it again or hear the first one. Yeah, yeah. Tin Pan Alley's going on my play. Although, it's it's kind of one of those songs that I, like because usually I listen to my music if I'm out walking. Yeah, you by myself, to. and it's not one of those songs that you want to walk to. You want to like mold into the couch and just stick your headphones in. Yeah. 
and listen to it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was thinking because we kind of listened to the first time we listened to it at nighttime. I think it was kind of dark. It's, it's I, what I put down is like it, like you said, put it on. It's gonna fill the room. Maybe in a rainy evening or rainy shut night or whatever. Yeah, off. just shut the lights off. A drink or smoke something, but just yeah, it's one of those kinds of albums for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Yep, I, oh. I agree. No, oh, I love it. Sorry, you, you I, just swore. I like that you swore. No, throw it down. <sighs> okay. So, couldn't stand the weather by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, Epic Records catalog F E three nine three zero four. This is a U.S. or an American pressing. Uh, from 1984 and specifically this is from it's called a Pittman pressing so it's from the Pittman uh pressing plant in New Jersey um and it's funny because uh, the American ones I'm sure I don't know if it's about Canadian ones the Canadian ones probably all came out of the same plant anyway and didn't matter but the U.S. Re- uh, releases especially back in the day the the plant made a difference quite often in terms of quality some people would only go with certain pressing plants and some you know and I've read both for the Pittman I thought it sounded fucking great so, I mean... So, obviously, Pittman was one of the better... I, I, I guess. So, anyways, it, it was, a, like I said, it was a plant. It, the plant ran from 1961 to 2011. Huh. They, record, they did uh, records, cassettes, and CDs. But should they wish they'd have held on just a little bit longer? Yeah, or should they? I bet there's a lot of, a lot of them <laughs> like that. Just, oh, just a few more years. It would have come back again. We'd only waited five more years. Everything's going back to vinyl. again. <laughs> so, the condition uh, cover... Sleeve and vinyl, they're all very good, like new. This is another one of those ones that's got the sharp, it's still got a little bit of sharp edges. I didn't have to wash these guys. They were a little bit dusty from like molds or whatever. Being in the crawl space. Crawl space, yeah. But not, no scratches whatsoever. It was just like, put it on, it sounded great. And I've already talked about how good it sounded. Um, so cover design by Holland, Holland McDonald and photography by Benno Friedman. Um, <clears throat> Holland. Graphic designer and director, uh, director of design at CBS Records from 1979 to 1987, and I couldn't really find that much about him. Uh, and only 14 credits to his name on Discogs. He's worked with Jeff Beck, Cindy Lauper, Greg Allman Band. I was kind of surprised I couldn't for someone who worked in that specific spot to have so little information or little credits to their name. Uh, Benno Friedman, yeah, Friedman.com. Uh, still got a huge gallery still doing lots of stuff a prolific american photographer with over 160 credits to his name has worked with billy preston cheap trick patty labelle and cool in the gang uh, and actually then his 160 whatever credits for this is nothing compared to the amount of artwork he's done he has in galleries and shows and exhibit or whatever he's done way more other stuff and really cool photos too uh so benno friedman.com not on instagram so that's it for me, I think. All right. Yeah, it's fast. So according to Discogs, uh, 46 are for sale from $19.64. 3,835 people have it. 756 want it. Wow. It gets 4.47 out of 5 with 351 people voting. That's mm. the most that's I've ever solid, seen. That's pretty solid, yeah. Uh, resale value, $7.85, $26.20. And seventy-two dollars and five in its best condition. Well, that's if that's, that's that, if that's really the case, then that yeah. thing is that's a seventy-two dollar fucking vinyl right there. That is a seventy-two dollar vinyl. Wow, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, on the good news, I think the difference about this one too is because maybe maybe the specific pressing. I don't know. 
But, um... Oh, yeah. So what'd you give it? Four to five. Yeah, four, four to five. No, 4.5 Oh, five, you gave, so. I, I gave it four out of five. Yeah. And my only weak point, really, was just the covers thing. It's always my weak point. Yeah. Do me covers, but... And you gave it four. Four, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's definitely... We've listened to it again, and we'll listen to it. So I've got a couple of the songs moved over to our list. Cool. Yeah, it's... it's Okay, so uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble Down. We love you, Stevie Ray. So, last but not least... I was going to say that. You Were you? right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was like... This far from saying it. Oh well, that's the way it goes in the punk world. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Rubber City Re- Rubber City Rebels. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. That's like one of those tongue twisters. Um, they're an American punk band from Akron, Ohio, formed in 1976. Uh, this is their second of three albums, released in 1980. Um, they moved to LA in 1978 and had success and fame on the Sunset Strip, mostly playing Whiskey A Go-Go, mm-hmm. which is in all the movies. Uh, the producer for this album was Doug Figer. He was lead singer for a band at the time called The Knack, hmm. which I hadn't, I haven't heard that for ages. So I've got to go look go, and see. The Knack, yeah. Yeah, The Knack. Uh, he has 12 productions to his credit, and his name... Yes. <laughs> he has 12 production credits to his name. Most of them these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few from the NAC. Uh, track listings. Uh, side one. Somebody's going to get their heads kicked in. Mm-hmm. Paper dolls. Going to be strong. Child eaters. Laugh. Side two is young and dumb. Lonely fool. Better than blue. Oh, sorry. Nope. Bluer than blue. Bluer than blue, yeah. Rubber city rebels and no feelings. For context, their album before was called 1977 from Akron, which I think they shared that album with another band. It yeah. might have been like a demo type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after this was uh, Pierce My Brain in 2002. Yeah, because yeah, the only reason they made that because they were still so popular and they, tu- they still toured without making any new material. That's what I meant to say is they're still active today apparently. Still yeah. touring and playing. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. You only have really two al- two albums, and uh, they're yeah. still out there. But they're a punk band, and that's still pretty um, still pretty prevalent in the underground, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's always yeah, there's always some punk around for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's one of those. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of one of those things. Like I'm not necessarily a huge fan of punk. I like listen to some of it for sure, but I'm definitely not into punk. But uh, I didn't think this album was too bad. No, I didn't either. I thought that second side was a little bit stronger, but there's quite a few good songs, and it, it, it's, it's punk, and it's short. Yeah, and for me, I found some of the lyrics to be pretty juvenile. Oh, yeah, 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 that's I punk. Mean, that's, if you go listen to other you punk... Know, you tell me that's punk, I'll, I'll believe you. It is, yeah. Um, it, it's not some of the... You know, talking about babysitters, and... They're not going to win. Brother beating him up, and... <laughs> Riding hordes. Like, it was about eight, eight nine-year-olds, written by eight, nine-year-olds. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, as, as an overall album, I, I liked it. It was okay. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> this is not a negative. It is what it is. It's a punk album from yeah. 1980. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would write, I will say that I, I did write down a couple songs here, actually. Um, I kind of threw down, uh, I thought Child Eaters, Young yeah. and Dumb, and uh, there was another one. There's a couple on the backside, and I forgot to write down what the Blue next Blue one Blue Than Blue wasn't too bad. Blue Than Blue, yeah. 
So yeah, there's there's some good stuff to be, yeah. or some decent stuff to be gleaned from that. Yeah. Um, surprising. Su- surprising, and I, I, there's not much to talk about it because if you guys have heard any punk songs, that's like, they're, they're punk. They're just like straightforward punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> that's balls just, to the walls. Yeah, you're just out there getting drunk and head head slamming. Yeah, and... totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Rubber City Rebels, um, self-titled album, uh, Capitol Records, catalog ST dash. One two one zero zero Canada nineteen eighty. This is an original pressing, and I haven't actually. I'm pretty sure this is the first actual punk album in the collection so far. Actual full punk, not not synth pop punk, not just like <laughs> that shit that it came like the eighties. You not know, one po- not one punk song. No, yeah, not just one punk song or have punk flavoring. This is the first full punk album in in the collection. Actually, it's surprising to me because I thought there would be more. There still might be. Oh, for sure. We have a dozen cubbies left. Uh, and we're going to go down here. And although the, it's kind of flimsy, the cover and the sleeve and the vinyl are all in good to very good condition again, which is surprising. They must have been in the good spot in the crawl space. And in the middle of the... Yeah, in, in the, the middle, middle of, the of a box, in the middle of a good spot. Yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, the audio was, like I said, just good enough for what it was. 70s, 80s punk rock. There's nothing special or bad about it. Um, art direction... By a guy who's been on the show before, Roy Kuhara, designed by Peter Shea, and photography by Moshe Braca, uh, who's also been on the show before. Uh, so Roy, a good friend of the show, has been on well, at least two albums, and I'm sure it's more than that because I couldn't. I went through all of his credits. So the two that I found were Doctor Hooks making Making Love and and Moon Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's two terrible <laughs> albums. Moon Martin. Uh, uh, so he's an American photog and designer with over uh, 515 credits to his name with uh, the Raspberries, uh, Glenn Campbell, Ringo Starr, Beach Boys. Wow. Crazy that this this little tiny yeah. band Punk from band. Akron, Ohio has such Yeah, and I actually like the cover, crazy too. Crazy pedigree working on this the is, artwork. And it's a cover that we couldn't, it's not even on Spotify or anything, but I actually kind of like the cover. It's what it needs to be. Yeah. In the front there. Your favorite colors. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, anyways. <laughs> so Peter, art director, graphic designer, with 54 credits to his name. He's worked with April Wine, Juice Newton. I just like saying that. And uh, <laughs> Greg Kine and George Clinton. Clinton. And George Clinton is the funk guy. Greg Kine, haven't we done one of his albums? We've done th- two or three of his albums. Oh, wow, crazy. And I, that's why I went through and looked, because like uh, it's the same thing as I always talk about. It doesn't, if you don't have the specific version of that album it doesn't show up in the credits so i have to yeah. go through and like figure out oh have we covered this one have we covered this one yeah and especially when he has when 515 have... yeah, yeah it's hard to do that <laughs> i couldn't so uh moshe uh american photog uh who's been on the show with el lowe's a new world order has 156 credits to his name robert palmer devo ramones ronnie Millsap, another one i just like writing down because it's funny to us <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. All right. So we'll wrap this up. Uh, Discogs, one for sale from Mm $19.99. I wonder if the band has it for sale. (laughs) Just a joke. Uh, 44 people have it, 32 want it. It gets 4.0 out of 5 with two people reviewing. $7.86, $19.64, $20.04 in its best condition. Getting pretty close to that. Uh, what'd you give it? I gave it a two out of five. Okay. I gave it a three. Okay. I was kind of teetering between 
Two well, at first, at first I was going to do something like two and a half, but on the second, we listened to it again, and it was just like, no, you know, there's there's enough there. I, I like it enough. Yeah, see, and I, I don't know it. if I would ever go back and like spin this album, but you know. I liked it, but I'm not a huge fan of punk. No, me neither. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's my two point five. And if that's the only punk album, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. No, we have one more thing. Oh, don't not don't not you're not no not thank you for listening. Screw you, buddy. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite album of the listen? Oh, fuck yeah. I totally forgot. Uh, well, that, come on. That goes without saying. With yeah, the, I know. But the best album is Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like not even close. So not Stevie even close. Ray Vaughan, is it? Okay. Okay. So uh, like I was saying before. <laughs> you were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, Spotify, Anchor, all those were there. Instagram. Just reviews from the crawl space is a solid word. And uh, RFTCS1 on Twitter, I believe. Something like that. Anyways. We're out.